from the crypt. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your host, Marty Bent. Switching it up this week. Uh, beverage of choice is coffee. We're recording on a Saturday morning here on uh, 27th and Broadway. Uh, very excited uh, for the conversation we're about to jump into. I think you all will be too. Um, I've got somebody in in the studio that's been fascinating me for years on Twitter. He's got some uh, very insightful tweets, very thought-provoking tweets in the crypto space. I'm sure a lot of you uh, who are on Twitter and following crypto have seen some of them. I want to uh, introduce you all to Crypto De Medici. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited well, to be here. Welcome to Tales from the Crypt. Thank you for coming on the Saturday morning. I know uh, you're getting to city just to hang out for the day. I'm uh, very thankful that you decided to spend some time with me. Yeah, very excited to you know talk crypto and, and see where it goes. Yeah, so um, we were doing a little prep earlier, talking while we were, we were getting coffee down the street. Like me, you found crypto in college yeah so uh i i started following um well so i stumbled upon crypto just kind of doing research and and this was shortly after it had hit a thousand dollars uh so i decided to go and do some research into into what this digital cryptocurrency was about and digital money and you know it all sounded very interesting so i looked into it uh i saw that i saw that uh Bitcoin had gone from a couple of dollars to almost a thousand dollars and and more, and that was when I when I really really got interested in looking into it. And then I saw that it was only twenty one million Bitcoin ever available, and and that was when I realized that it was going to be huge, mm -hmm. um, and that this this drop uh, was just going to be a, a very short kind of um, glimpse into into the story of Bitcoin. And so I, I started buying some Bitcoin at six hundred and five hundred dollars. Uh, right at the end of, it was probably beginning of 2014 as, as the price was going down from $1,000. Didn't have much money, but um, decided to get into it because it was just, it was too, it was um, too exciting of a project to, to not get in. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward a couple of months, didn't really do much. It was just a college student and, you know, kept partying and, and doing everything that a college kid would do. <laughs> uh so forgot about forgot about crypto for a while. The bear run was 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 pretty bad. Yeah, you got to get close to the okay. mic. The bear run was uh, was pretty bad, and and then a couple of months later, I got really interested again in, into crypto because I knew that it was gonna stick around and, and that it was gonna get bigger than it actually was, and so that's when I really kind of started diving deep and and, and researching projects and figuring out what investments you know would would. Um, would start really growing once people got interested in uh, crypto. Yeah, I mean, you fell down the rabbit hole like like many of us did. What were you studying in college? So uh, I was studying. I actually I studied political science. Okay. Um, I was first interested in business. I've always been interested in business, but um, I I'm someone that has to learn something that I enjoy, or else I I, I don't put any effort or would get really really bad grades and so uh <laughs> so i decided to go with political science because i've always been interested in, in politics not not really kind of the you know the, the republican democrats have a politics but more about how humans are organized and and kind of how countries and and and, and the whole world really can progress in in a way where um it's beneficial for everyone but at the same time it's it's moving us in a direction that keeps developing, you know, the world and, and all of that. So that's really kind of why I got interested in political science. And 
and partly why I got really interested in crypto because I saw that it was, you know, the continuation of this progress uh, for humans and and I think it's something as as big or if not bigger than than the internet and in the way of of how it's going to kind of change the world. Yeah, that's one thing I've been trying to do on this show is put the context of the magnitude of this technological change like in history. Like so if you were to put it like like how big of an innovation is Bitcoin like on a scale of history. Uh, it's I mean it's in crazy because we in yeah, your opinion. I mean it's crazy because we you know we don't even like if if you looked at the internet back I mean obviously I, I wasn't around and, and I was too young to really know what was happening but if if you looked at back in the internet and like all these machines that held you know a couple megabits of of data and now you could hold you know terabytes of data um we we just we never could have imagined that we would have you know these supercomputers in our pockets and and be able to you know search something on google and find it immediately i mean it's just it's it's crazy what has transpired from the beginning until now when it comes to the internet and so that's kind of the same way that i look at crypto in the sense of right now it's it's a decentralized um type of currency uh platforms um that but we don't really know where it's with where it's heading but we at least myself i i do think that this is going to bring about uh the type of change that the internet created in the sense that you know it was first the email and and you know then you know kind of text messages and then you had sites like uh, social media um and even now with the internet we still i mean we're always amazed year after year about what what is created from the internet mm-hmm. and and um so I, I think that's kind of the same way with crypto in the sense that um it's so exciting and there's going to be so much coming and we just have no idea the magnitude and the scale but it's it's going to be huge yeah, it's crazy to think the iPhone was only invented ten years ago. Um. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, it's, it's, and I mean, and, and I always look at my phone like uh, the first phone that I got was a BlackBerry, and I love the BlackBerry. But I, I, the phone after that was was an iPhone, and um, and I would always look at the new iPhone and be like, "This is insane! Like, it, how can it get better than this? Like, this is just amazing and amazing." And then every year, every two years, it just they keep upping the game more and more and more. And you're just like, how can it get better? I mean, it, I don't understand where it's going. And that's, yeah, it's crazy because the, the pace of change is something I've been saying for a while is that like our, our monkey brains can't sort of can't comprehend the pace of change that we're experiencing in our lifetimes. Like we were born at a point in time where like things are just going like hyperbolic in every sense of the way, population, technology innovation production consumption and uh as as an animal at our core our core level as at a reptilian brain level like we're trying to adapt to this change and it's just like it's insane in my mind it's and it's hard to keep up thank god we have twitter for that yeah yeah i mean it's (laughs) well and that's that's the i think that's the beauty i mean it's the beauty of of all animals but it's the beauty of of humans and the way that they're able to adapt to to all these different situations and and yeah you you look at technology and um what we've accomplished in the last let's say 500 300 200 100 years and it's everything just keeps getting smaller in the sense of how fast it's changing and yet we as humans keep i mean obviously there's a lot of negative downsides to, to all to all of this in the sense of you know you have you have little kids getting online a lot earlier mm-hmm. technology ipads all this but obviously, as as we keep progressing, we're going to see that we're going to create kind of um, barriers and systems that help 
humans get adjusted to this new kind of wave but the way that we've been able to adapt to it is 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 pretty crazy yes it's very very interesting how we're doing it and we're doing it actually quite well and we're kind of you know we're we're that person we're like a we're like an artist that's like just freehand painting and and just kind of figuring out as they go (laughs) and uh and hopefully we don't make any big mistakes but um but yeah it's 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 pretty crazy it's a fun journey Mm -hmm. um well, and that's and that's kind of partly what I do with with my investments in crypto is is, is that I I really try to one understand the technology and the effects that it's going to have, but also understand that we are animals at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and we act and make our decisions based on those animal kind of instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of of the tribe and understanding how the tribe works because. Even though we're not really in tribes as as we used to be in the past, we are still dominated by those tribes, and we are in tribes. I mean, you know, we we have our own groups uh, online, we have our own groups um, in real life, we have friends, and and this is all kind of predicated on specific tribal instincts that we have. And mm-hmm. um, and so when I when I do my investments um, in crypto, uh, it's it's always figuring out how the animal side of humans are going to are going to react and and um and kind of how tribes fit into all of that yeah so that's one thing you talk a lot about on twitter and trading specifically is is emotions and sort of trying to control your emotions and in trading that's one thing i learned early on in the crypto game is that i cannot control my emotions so i have a long-term sort of hodl mentality um i do not try to play the swings in the short to medium term um that's just sort of a situation where i try to know what i'm good at and realize uh sort of realize realize I had I lacked the ability to keep my emotions and check what money's on the line to a certain extent. Uh, and, and that's and what you're doing is I mean that, I think that's what everyone everyone doesn't matter your expertise or not that's what everyone should be focusing on is is one figuring out what your strengths are yeah. and what your weaknesses are and then creating a game that only focuses on your strengths instead of your weaknesses. And and I do something similar as well um because well one is the maximum gains if you're in a in a good project is the long term mm-hmm. um trying to like you say play these waves is is one extremely risky because you you can't predict it mm-hmm. um and two it's one it's very volatile just because of of the liquidity and and just because the market is so new uh and that's really where most people essentially get you know they're as they call it wrecked because they they try Mm -hmm. to play the market one too much and then two they don't know how to play the market Mm -hmm. um when instead they should be focusing on learning as much as they can about the assets and the industry and 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 having that whole hodl mentality but knowing what asset you're getting into Mm -hmm. um because this industry is very new and and we don't know where it's going to be in in two to three years and which projects are still going to be around um, which is very exciting, but also it, it's it's scary to. Um, well, I mean, so you know, it's it's scary in the sense that you don't know what. I mean, you know, we saw this recent drop of more than forty, fifty percent mm-hmm. uh, for most of these assets, which was scary. But it, it's normal for crypto. I mean, this is, and this is what's what's so beautiful about crypto is that the volatility is just so insane <laughs> that like you need to be emotionally strong yeah um even even with the hodl mentality like yeah. it, it it hits you yeah uh and, and so you need to understand how you work as an individual and and how your emotions are dominating you um 
And and yeah, so that's that's something that has allowed me to to do well in crypto in in that um I'm a very I'm able to kind of separate myself from my emotions and 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 still feel them because mm-hmm. I think feeling emotions especially in the market is extremely important because you understand what everyone else is feeling like but you're not allowing them to dominate your thought process and and mm-hmm. how, kind of how you react to the situation. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit of your process. So like how how long did it take to sort of develop that? And like when did you sort of have your aha moment when I was like, all right, I need to learn how to control these emotions. I need to figure this out. Um, and what was like sort of your journey down the creation of your process, your investment process? So uh, so I started, I think, just like everyone starts uh, with the whole day trading mentality. Uh, and this was well, so I so like I said before, I got into crypto with with a, f- a few purchases of bitcoin back back as as it was dropping into a bear market and then i got back in a couple months later knowing that it was that this was crypto was going to be big and and so i got into it um with the day traders mentality in the sense of let's make money every couple of days let's let's try to play these waves and i knew absolutely one nothing about the market and two no technical analysis no fundamental <laughs> analysis i mean i was i was the definition of a noob uh, which, which is, which is why I love to talk about noobs so much in, 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 in my Twitter, because <laughs> we all were there yeah. and, and, and it's not something to bring people down, but it's to, to, to let them know, like you are new, you know, it, it's okay to make mistakes, ask dumb questions, but don't, the, the thing that gets me about these people is that they don't know anything about the market. They have barely any experience and yet they, they're so confident in what they say. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just know your, you know, you know, your place in the market and, and if you're new to the market, I mean, we're all, we are, we're all new, but if, if you have zero experience in the market, how can you come and, and, you know, start talking shit and, and also, you know, be so confident in your, in your investments. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> veering off of that. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, I tried to do day trading, um, but I was essentially shooting in the dark and, you know, sometimes I'd make 1%. Point five percent, and so I made the calculations after like a week, figuring out okay if I want to grow. So I had very little money, probably just max maybe two thousand dollars. So I was like, if I want to grow two thousand dollars into a sizable amount within the next year or two, let's figure out how much percentage I need to make, you know, monthly mm-hmm. or whatever. And and the trades that I was making and and kind of the whole strategy that I was making was just, I mean, this is it's it's going to go nowhere. Uh, and so I realized literally within a week of, of this day traders mentality that it was just, this wasn't my game and I wasn't going to win and, and I didn't have the skills or, nor the, the wanting. So like technical analysis is very big in crypto. And and I think in most markets, but it's, it's, it's very, very big in, in crypto. And, and I hate technical. Analysis. <laughs> like I, 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 I look at a graph and I, and I can understand it better now just because of, of kind of my experience. But when I start adding, all these lines and I start trying to figure out where the marketing is heading. That's where, that's where like, I just, it it just, it doesn't work. Every, everything kind of starts to shut down. Yeah. The Mike, the Mike Tyson philosophy comes into play with TA. Like everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. (laughs) So South Korea shuts down the exchanges or something. Yeah. The fundamental analysis, uh, fundamentals will always trump technical analysis. But I mean, obviously technical, technical analysis does have a lot of value, but for me, that's just wasn't my game. So, right off the bat, I realized that day trading wasn't wasn't my thing. So, shortly after that, I, I then focused 
exclusively, I've always been interested in Warren Buffett, and and during that time, I kind of started reading a lot more because I, I wasn't really a big reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I also read The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, and that's kind of where he talks a lot about focusing on long term investing, on on mm-hmm. on getting on one doing research and understanding companies and when you find that opportunity where a company is very undervalued compared to what the you know the current price is to to buy it or buy it when it's at a good price and then just hold it until the fundamentals have changed or or the market has changed and and so i i I looked at crypto and i looked at the market cap for all cryptocurrency and i and i and and I knew that it was going to be huge and I knew that it was going to grow really fast. And so I, I focused on, let me find the assets within the current market, which was very small back then, that are going to rise once um, once the market really, you know, once people start entering the market and all that. So I, so right there, I mean, it was, it was the whole, the day trading thing was a very short um it was a very short time and 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 i realized then that my my focus was really going to be on the long term mm-hmm. um and so that's where i invested heavily in litecoin and dash because i really like those projects and and so that's kind of how i started with the whole long term investing was because i realized that like like i said before with the strengths you know knowing your strengths and weaknesses my strengths are being able to find assets that um, one are undervalued, but also that are really strong projects that kind of use that whole um, psychology, you know, the, the tribal instincts. So, so mm-hmm. when I look at a crypto project, I try to see try to see everything, but also try to see not as much because I think people get too stuck into the specifics of these projects. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I mean, like right now with the speculation, this it's more about seeing what the narratives will be. Mm-hmm. Um, to picking a project instead of actually figuring out which are the most you What's know technically sound. Yeah, because it's it's such a new market that getting lost in the details is 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 where you kind of go crazy. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, I'm, I've been open about this. I sort of trend towards maximalism. I'm a maximalist to an extent because I, I'm a strong believer in in the fact that at the end of the day this comes down to code and we're securing money and it's protocols that secure money at their core and you cannot fuck around with that like in the long run in my in my opinion mm-hmm. some of my emotions leaking into this but um so yeah so i'm one of those people who, like it's i probably get lost in the sauce of the technical details to an extent um what uh so what are your what are your thoughts about like the the viability of these projects long term and and how much uh, is like the code aspect and and these these blockchains being actually sh- secure scalable decentralized how do you think that plays out in the long term because i i know you were tweeting i think it was earlier this week or last week about projects that might start uh start centralized and then move towards a decentralized nature and stuff like mm-hmm. that as uh, there's there there might be different paths to these blockchains being successful yeah it's uh so this so the long term um well what's interesting about crypto is that long term in crypto it could be very very short term and as mm-hmm. we've seen it you know, just last year, if you bought in January to to now, it's it's been insane. <laughs> yeah, we're back uh, up around twelve six right now. Mm-hmm. And, and and so the so I I think this goes back to um, one is so I look at I look at this recent rise in you know the last year and 
it, it's it's risen so high and so quickly that these buying at these levels when it comes to long-term investments is very very difficult mm-hmm. um in the sense of you you always want to buy when it's when when sentiment is very very bad and, and yeah. right now it's very very positive and and obviously as you see kind of the fundamentals of, of people coming in and all that it it, it, it looks as if it's going to keep going up um so this and because it's such a new asset class it's very difficult to figure out um where kind of where these projects are heading but uh the the way really that i look at it is as i focus on are these projects going to stick around for for at least three to four years okay um and at the level that they are right now when i bought them are they going to be far higher than than you know in in three to five years um because it's very very difficult to figure out which ones are going to be around even longer i mean obviously Mm -hmm. we could we can assume that something like ethereum and and bitcoin is going to stick around for for that longer and and obviously that can happen but for me you know i want to i don't want to max i want to obviously maximize as much upside as i can Mm -hmm. while also minimizing you know the the downside risk so that's why I, i do move more towards other um other assets that are kind of um i wouldn't say they're sketchy but it's uh the their their future is a lot more uncertain especially mm-hmm. in in a market like this um and i mean yeah so it's it's very difficult to 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 know which assets are going to be around for yeah. for for the next few years but the 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 way that i research when it comes to understanding the you know the human psychological part of of the projects and also the market uh that's that's kind of what gets me interested in in these projects but I mean, so so with something like with a rise like this market, um, I'm, I am thinking about getting a significant amount of the assets out of the market before kind of. I, so I think I think this is going to crash. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know when it's going to crash. It could be a, it could be you know tomorrow. It could be a couple of weeks, a couple of months, even a couple of years. But I I do think we're rising at such a rate that doesn't kind of show for the actual value that it's it's mm-hmm. creating for the world I, I think the world isn't ready for crypto and crypto is not ready for the world yet world yet which is why we've seen kind of this huge speculation wave uh so I, i'm i'm more of waiting uh in the sense of of putting in money in the market once once we see a really really bad um i would say something like a crash um and then that's where my research that has been compiled and and based on how these assets have performed in this crash and if fundamentals have changed at all that's where we go back in and, and invest heavily mm-hmm. um uh, but with 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 a market like this it's very it, i think it's i think it's not that good of idea to have a really strong um investment thesis i think it's it needs to be a thesis that is very able to adapt malleable exactly because it's 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 more something like you wake up today and the game has changed. The game can change completely. You know, mm-hmm. you can have some a government like United States that either shuts down the websites or, or censors it. I mean, it's there's so much going on in such a new market that you have to be constantly on your toes to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, one thing you've been tweeting about recently is trying to get Donald Trump to talk about crypto, <laughs> which would be. Which would be hysterical. Yeah, well, yeah, no, um, that could that could have that could have like a massive pump effect. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking about. I mean, I'm still thinking about whether I should do it or not. Um, I mean, obviously he's gonna do it 
regardless i i think it's, it's just a matter of time but um uh yeah it's i'm still thinking about whether it is, is it is actually a good idea i mean i think overall as an economy we should be we should be talking about crypto in mm-hmm. the sense of we should be investing in 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 mining operations we should be focusing on ways to integrate uh blockchain and crypto in general in, into business and smart contracts and all that but i think it also goes back to the whole crypto is still too new and mm-hmm. it's it's not really ready for the mainstream so i think that's partly why we haven't seen the government kind of um go as as heavily as as i would like but also um it's very disruptive and and so i think it's going to take some time for the government to really start talking about it but yeah no that's i mean that's the one like like if you if you really do the thought experiment of playing out how this technology will change the world in my opinion governments could get rendered obsolete to an extent their their current forms at least um and that's definitely something that people in power are not going to like. The current structure is not going to like. They're not just going to fucking let it take over. It's <laughs> not going to. It's not going to be a smooth transition by any means. I mean, I hope everybody knows that out there. And like you said, crypto is not ready for the world, and the world might not be ready for crypto. It's a huge learning curve. You got to really. It's a paradigm shifter. So you got to literally mm-hmm. change the whole world. You know, your worldview to an extent and you have to have that hard conversation with yourself what is money like that's the one thing i'm trying to do in this podcast is have people question that like what is money people don't think about it mm-hmm. they, they don't really understand it at the end of the day like five out of ten people i'll ask like that's one of my favorite questions I ask like what is money like what is the u.s dollar and five out of ten people will say oh it's backed by gold and i'm like no <laughs> it's not like, really is it backed by gold <laughs> that's, that's hilarious i get that a lot you'd be surprised like or maybe you want to be um but you were talking about you're waiting for a crash to come in the markets do you like yeah so a crash would come in my opinion when people sort of wholesale come to agreement that these projects sort of don't live up to their marketing um to an extent i've been arguing that that bitcoin and potentially Monero, um, maybe add Zcash to it, but like there's only very few blockchains that are, that are doing what they market to do. Censorship resistant transactions. That's why I love Bitcoin because it's just simple and has Mm -hmm. a very simple function to do one thing very well. And I think it does that thing very well. And I think people get caught up in the fee debate and all that right now. Um, I, th- I think people got to think more long term when it comes to fees and sort of how how we can lower them and 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 make make the protocol level more efficient. I think a lot of people are impatient right now. But in a crash, do you see anybody any anything staying steady? Like, do you think Bitcoin goes down with with the tide, or or do you think it'll just be a, a like a wipeout set in surfing where it just wipes out the trash coins? I uh, uh, so I would actually so. I mean, this my my thinking changes daily, <laughs> just because it's. Uh, I think both sides of the argument are very very strong in the sense of whether everything would go down or whether only the the really bad projects. Mm-hmm. I hope everything goes down. Yeah. Um. I so I so I so you know right now obviously it's 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 heavily fueled by s- speculation. Everyone wants to get rich and 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 you see all, a lot of these really bad projects going up a ton. 
Um, and, and so I think it's only going to get worse in the sense that it's going to keep going up and up and up. And, and so everyone, I think this is where the paradigm shift is going to, is going to hit where everyone thinks crypto is going to be the next big thing and it is going to be the next big thing, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the next big thing tomorrow or a year from now or two years from now. It's going to be a big thing in five, 10, 15, 20 years yeah. when crypto really gets integrated into the whole society and, and everyone starts using it on the daily basis. And so I mean, I th- so I think this is where it's so exciting as a new industry. And, and that's why I tell people to really focus on learning about the industry, learning about the assets, about the companies, about the trends that are heading, because it's just beginning. Uh, and, and, and so this current wave of speculation is just because everyone is because crypto is the new the new kid in town and and everyone's really excited to get into it and and so a lot of people are drinking that Kool-Aid and and thinking that this is this is it and you mm-hmm. know next year you know your grandma's going to start using crypto and all <laughs> yeah. that and, and you could start you know paying your bills and all in crypto which you could which you can right now but it's just not feasible for for the overall market and no. and so once this realization that once reality hits, um, I think it's going to be really bad, uh, and that's and I I presume I, I think that I'm leaning more towards I think everything is going to crash um, mm-hmm. in the sense that the market makers and, and the people with big money that do see something like let's say Monero or, or Bitcoin or or these really strong projects that are going to be around will take this as an opportunity to crash the even more so they can you know load up even more on on yeah. their on, on their bags as as they use the 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 panic of the market to you know to push the prices down yeah so i so because i because i don't think these these big guys want to buy bitcoin i mean they've been buying bitcoin at these prices but it's also like when they say with the government um you know in a in a a tragedy like never goes to waste or something like that never waste a tragedy or something like that Mm -hmm. and so basically saying like if a tragedy hits like you have to take advantage of that tragedy yeah um and so a panic like this where everything would crash would be a perfect perfect opportunity to yeah, to yeah. start buying up yeah if the panic's really if the panic does it will come events markets come in cycles and they come in emotional cycles there so there will be a panic yeah. one day someday it'll be something really going to test the metal of the hodler, hodler mentality um, and, and we and that's you know the, the thing is because crypto is so new and we have so little information when it comes to like the past uh we can only assume that you know something like 2013 where everything went down that that's going to happen but yeah. i think um especially with with you see with with it, it's going to be interesting to see how bitcoin preserves its dominance and not the percentage dominance which is always talked about but really its dominance within the market um, mm-hmm. in the sense of when bitcoin goes down down as we saw um these last few days it brings everything down yeah. when bitcoin goes up so the the relationship is still not clear yet but the what's clear is that bitcoin is still the big guy in the room top dog um and so it's going to be interesting to see if we eventually see more of a split up between these relationships and, and some assets are going to be able to go up as Bitcoin's going down or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And also in these types of crashes, there will be assets that won't get affected. But I think in this in in this next crash, whenever it happens, the Bitcoin dominance is going to be so high that it's still going to affect the overall market, okay. which is very exciting for anyone that does want to get in. Um, and prepares for it. So, so what I would recommend is, uh, as you're making money, and and I think 2018, at least for the majority of 2018, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Um, I think the the bull run is just gonna continue. People are entering the market really quick. But I would also start 
creating a strategy of how to um one take out money from the market and put into fiat mm-hmm. and prepare for the eventual crash which i do think is going to happen the difficulty is when yeah um and obviously you don't want to sell too early and also you don't want to sell too late uh, but have a, a having a good strategy you know taking out i don't know 5% 10% every few months or every month or whatever, I think would be a good idea to start doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not now, but um, you know, once prices kind of pick up a little more. Yeah. That's one thing I recommend as well is like sort of figure out like a, like a, uh, a mental process and a plan. Like just don't run into this and like you wind up holding a bunch of money and you're like, all right, what the hell do I do with this? Like figure that out before you get in. And mm-hmm. so predicting 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 a crash at some point but first it'll be a huge run up so would you would you recommend people get skin in the game via dollar cost averaging right now or obviously learn about what you're getting into first but for people who are ready to put money in would you say how would you like recommend they they go about that i would so i would focus on um yeah, so I would let's say you have you know a thousand dollars to invest. I would I would put in maybe like a hundred or two hundred dollars into uh, something like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, well, so one I would if you if you really really want to understand what you're buying, um, I would recommend people look at the top ten cryptocurrencies and start doing some research in the beginning. Do do a very quick research of of understanding kind of the essence of of the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. A paragraph long or, or less knowing what the project is is going to do and what they say it's going to do and exactly kind of how it's going to work so you have a good understanding of the top 10 and, and kind of have a good idea of of what are the big market movers and all that uh but but i would i would recommend i mean you know it's 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 difficult because uh, because we don't really know. I mean, I'm I'm very very um I'm very bullish on 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 these bigger ones like Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think Ethereum in particular, with the ecosystem and the strength of it, and and the lack of media presence in the sense of of Ethereum itself, I think it's going to do very well. And Bitcoin, obviously, just its dominance and and its natural power in the market is is going to keep going up. And and I mean, the fact that it's I think right now there's 13 million Bitcoin available, probably even less just because, you know, everything has been kind of stored away in the sense of, uh, you know, millions of Bitcoin haven't been kind of moved in, in years. Mm-hmm. But the the supply for, for something like Bitcoin is tiny. So I think we haven't really seen the big FOMO that I mean, obviously, we've I mean, we've seen a huge FOMO, but the I mean, it's going to be crazy once people start fighting over a few million Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to happen in 2018. But I would, yeah, I would put some money in 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 Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin Cash as well, Ethereum, maybe some in Litecoin. You know, Litecoin, I have a love-hate relationship with them. They were my mm-hmm. biggest my biggest investment, um, but I sold recently. Uh, but I think they're also going to do well. So I, I would put... Um, a big portion of of the money that you're putting in into something like Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are kind of the big guys, and mm-hmm. then more smaller buys into something like Bitcoin Cash and, and maybe Litecoin. Um, so you you know you dip your toes in. It's money that you can afford to lose, and and you just let it let it stay there for for a few months as you're doing research. So I think anyone that's entering this market should put at least an hour a day um, just doing research and and understanding the assets and that's research is not reading articles from coindesk and you know <laughs> cnn and cnbc and all these no it is not all these media companies that is not research research is going 
to the website, going to the Reddit, going to, you know, the Discord or Slack or, or Telegram, um, reading the white paper, uh, understanding the roadmap. Um, so you look at something like Ethereum, understanding when the scaling is going to come out, what the scaling is about, ICOs. You have to really understand the overall asset uh, in order to be able to then start putting in, in big money um, that you're confident about. And also understanding what the market is is like um but yeah it's gonna take some time and that's why i I recommend an hour a day um maybe split into you know two 30-minute sessions because after a month you're gonna realize how much more you know because of of that hour that you spent yeah no that's uh read as much as possible Mm -hmm. that's the great great thing about the space is everything's open source so you can literally find anything you need uh, on the internet and then Let's segue this into the Twitter conversation. I mean, that's where the the crypto conversation is happening. And if you if you know who to follow and sort of what conversations to hop into on Twitter, mm-hmm. you can learn a lot as well. And the beauty of Twitter is that you can find people working on these projects and people that have been around for a while and ask them questions. And every once in a while, they'll answer you with some pretty good information. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about that when we were in line getting coffee. Is just sort of the beauty of Twitter and what it has provided for us in particular with this crypto mania. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's the best communication tool we've ever, we've ever created uh, up to this point. It sucks. They can't monetize it. It sucks. They literally, they have the best product in the world and they're such a shitty company. It blows my mind to, a, to an extent. It drives me nuts. I've got friends that work at Twitter too. I love you all. I love you all. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I don't like the management. But yeah, like what you were saying, with I mean, one, yeah, Twitter is amazing. I, I, it's, it is, um, like you say, yeah, it's unfortunate that it's just you know the, the people at the top. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's some political, um, there's some power plays being being put into Twitter, and and I think anyone in power knows how important Twitter is, and mm-hmm. that's why they've, you know, tried to censor um, opposing views and, and views that they don't really agree with. Um, but that's with all social media. All social media, it's it's a beautiful thing, but it's also very scary for for people in power in the sense that people can talk and, and oh, yeah. all this. Um, it's really like I, when I had Santi on Santiago Siri. We I have to say this every goddamn podcast. <laughs> Name drop him. I got to stop doing that. Um, but we were saying like it, it just proves the emperor wears no clothes. Like you can get on there and it's the biggest creator of empathy in the world i would i would i would argue and you can literally hop into somebody's shoes and get their point of view via mm-hmm. now 280 characters yeah. um but that and people can get on there and like something will happen politically or in the news and they'll start having a conversation and i'll be like wait I, it actually didn't happen that way and like maybe there's more to the story and you can just dive down rabbit holes of conversations about very niche topics and, mm-hmm. and sort of and learn yeah Yeah. oh yeah twitter twitter is amazing um and and crypto twitter in particular is is great if you want to learn about crypto so uh that's if anyone if you know if anyone's obviously interested in crypto or learning more about crypto like twitter is the place to be um because Mm -hmm. that's where you where you know all the news that's happening where you follow people that are trading investing talking about the philosophical aspect i mean everything you find everything about crypto um and so anyone that's non-crypto Anyone that's not on Twitter and that is in crypto is just missing out a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and so what I would recommend people, you know, create your own separate um, 
Twitter account. I mean, you can, you know, you could do normal Twitter, but I think uh, with something like crypto, especially if you want to really dive deep, you're going to be talking about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have kind of an account that's devoted to that, it makes it easier and and you don't annoy your friends too much. (laughs) Uh, That that is happening. I've done that. (laughs) I've I've already wholesale just accepted it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hey, that's the way to go. Everybody comes up to me like, hey, your Twitter always interests me. I don't understand any of it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was, I used to, um, well, that's kind of why I went anonymous. Well, you know, semi-anonymous because I I don't really care if people know who I am and all that. Yeah, that's what I was curious to know. I gotta know, like. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I mean, it's, it's something like you know, if you really wanted to find me, you could easily find me. Yeah, yeah, um, that's same with me. Like, yeah. my name's not Marty Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and but what? Yeah. So in the past, when I had my own personal Twitter, uh, well, so I, and I think that's what's interesting about Twitter is that when I joined Twitter, you first join with all your friends and, and people that you know from school, and you quickly realize that everyone has such different interests that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's so like I would I would be talking about like conspiracy theories or like political stuff or or you know just crazy things. I mean, and you and you see it on Twitter, just crazy things that I just think about just randomly that I I, I might other people might find value in. And so I would have all these people just always commenting and wondering like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, like why are you why are you you know why aren't you talking like a normal human being? It's like uh, what is a normal human? Exactly. Being? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so uh, so I was like, I just. I want to separate myself from, you know, that kind of life. And, mm-hmm. and so I created an anonymous, um, anonymous Twitter account. Uh, first it was one that was for self-improvement and, and, and because I'm really big in self-improvement and, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of picking up habits that will kind of lead you in the direction that you want to go. And, and then I stumbled upon, uh, crypto Twitter and this was around, uh, probably mid 2014, uh, maybe a little, maybe earlier. I, I don't really remember, but uh, that's so I created a new Twitter account, and that was focused on cryptocurrencies. And in the beginning, I just was observing um, other traders, investors. It was mostly traders back then, uh, people talking about the market, and and for the first few months, I just did nothing but observe and and mm-hmm. ask questions. And I think that's what most people entering crypto should focus on: is just observing understanding who who are the people that really know what they're talking about who are the people that are just kind of talking shit (laughs) and then also asking questions um to figure out you know answering the questions that might take you a couple of hours to find that you could actually get from from one one conversation and uh so i did that and it was you know i've I've been in, in twitter since um but and, and so one thing to get people, because I, I get a lot of questions from from Twitter accounts, um, and and the problem I have with these Twitter accounts is that they they don't even ask the question; they like state confidently a very wrong idea. And so there, you know, there's no there's no way that I'm gonna I'm going to you know answer you in in that in that way. I mean, it's just you know people should be coming asking questions. You know, you just ask the question. You know, <laughs> what do you think about this 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 and that? Just ask the question, but yet these people come with like a very argumentative. And well, and so that's one strategy to be able to get these people that are really kind of high up when it comes to all these followings. Is you so I hate it, but it does work because because you, <laughs> you do answer them, and so so you come in with with a very dumb statement, mm-hmm. and you like attack the person, and you say something like, um, you know, let's say I was saying that Litecoin is a great project because X, Y, and Z, and then someone comes in and says. You know, Litecoin is a scam because X, Y, and Z. And so that gets the person riled up and it gets mm-hmm. them to answer. 
which it does work partly. But you know, if you really want answers, you know, you just ask a question and you act like you're genuine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, you know, from that ramble, uh, yeah, crypto Twitter is 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 a great resource, and and I think anyone that's that wants to learn more about crypto should focus on that. Yeah. No. And uh, no, it's funny. I get I I get my DMs blown up as well. And I try to answer as many as possible, as politely as possible. Um, but it's funny. It is funny how confident some of the the noobs and the idiots are out oh, there. But crazy. It gets me so mad because <laughs> because the, these are the same people that are that are convincing others to get into all these assets that yeah. one both don't know anything about, yeah. and then they get you know they get wrecked because they, they d- don't have a strategy. They get their dicks pushed in. We talk about getting your dick pushed in a lot on this podcast. We try to avoid it. We're trying to give you the signal through the noise here. So yeah, and, and it's another. There's a lot of themes in this podcast. One of them being crypto is a journey. Like you, you're stepping, you're taking a step on a journey once you mm-hmm. dive into this rabbit hole. It's going to take time. You're not going to learn everything overnight, but if you dedicate time to it and you're really committed and you do enough reading and you do enough research and you talk to enough people and mm-hmm. you sort of pick things up and be- become more confident as time goes on and it's it's about basically knowing the whole landscape and this landscape is growing at such a crazy pace that that it, it you sort of have to dedicate more time as we're getting as we're getting further into into bitcoin's blockchain like as more blocks mm-hmm. are created and more projects are created like your attention is needed in more areas and it's it's crazy how 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 vast the crypto space is at this point like and one thing you talk about a lot too is separating these assets into sectors so there's different types of sort of blockchain projects out there bitcoin obviously being sound money ethereum being a platform uh a non-coin but monero and zcash and uh masternode projects like dash and and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. So what are your views on the sectors? Like, how do you break it up and how do you sort of delegate your time between, between these sectors? Um, yeah. So sectors is just a very kind of easy way of separating, um, just figuring out, you know, I mean, there's just so many projects coming out and, and so many existing projects. And, and so sectors kind of allows you just to see which are the competing projects, um, and, and figure out, if there's specific sectors that are very undervalued in the sense Mm -hmm. of the importance of it in the overall industry. And so, uh, so one, I think it's, 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 you don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to try to research as many assets as you can. So I think the more you do, sometimes the more confused you get, especially if you're new Mm -hmm. to the industry. Uh, and, and so, I recommend people really focus on the the big sectors or the ones that they find more. So I think it's more about following your curiosity. So if you're very very interested in in crypto in the sense of how it can help you transact money privately, then you then it would be a good idea for you to focus on the privacy sector because that's something that you naturally have an interest in. Uh, and, and so so I, I think that's why I, I tell really people to to focus on 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 learning about crypto. Um, finding what you're most curious about that you think is gonna is gonna kind of be improved or or changed because of crypto, and then just you know start kind of going down that journey, like you said, uh, because crypto really is about not only the ability to make money, but also about using the skills that you're that you're that you're receiving from crypto 
and actually building yourself into kind of the individual that you want to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and so we see with these drops and, and these these prices going up and down, it really, really helps the way that you deal with your emotions, not only just in crypto, but also in, in life. Yeah. And and so all of these skills that you are inadvertently picking up from from crypto are very, very important, but they're even more important once you know that you're actually picking them up. Mm-hmm. And so once you know that you're picking them up, them up and also once you're making kind of calculated moves to help improve those specific skills that you want to pick up or, or that you want to improve, the game just gets more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these drops, I love these drops because these drops test me and, and these drops kind of bring those stress response um, signals and, and it's the experiences that I think everyone needs to go through many times uh, as well as doing research, you know, figuring out what's bullshit, what's not bullshit. I mean, I think it, so crypto, so people should look at crypto as like a, a resume builder. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you're making or not making. Just focus on getting really good at understanding the industry and then just follow your passion and, and start building up your skills as you're kind of going through because uh, the industry is so new and, and if you really focus on building those skills up within a year or two, I mean, even just a few months, like you you can be a huge contender for, for any, you know, you could be a, an expert at the privacy sector and whatnot. And so I think that's why people should really focus on the learning aspect. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so with the sectors, I I focus on, so so my big ones are privacy platform and then master nodes, which is not really sector, but I, I, l- I like to see it as a sector. Uh, and, and so well, privacy, I think it's extremely, extremely undervalued. Oh yeah, uh, I do as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's so, what people don't realize. Like the dark, if <laughs> you don't realize how big the dark web is and how mm-hmm. valuable privacy is to some people. And, and when you use something like Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of these a- other assets and, and you're actually like paying people and you you know, you're moving your money around, it's, it's just insane how it's all public. Mm-hmm. And and so anyone that knows your address knows what you're doing. I mean, you know, obviously they don't know if you, you know, paid for a hooker or not, but they know that you sent the money, you know, this amount of money at this time. Uh, they know and, how much money you have. Like, they can yeah. just check in your wallet. Like. And, and now with these, with these companies um, that are getting really good at analyzing uh, the blockchain, it's, it's getting less and less private. So th- the privacy sector is going to grow an extremely... I mean, it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And so that's a sector that I would recommend people start looking into. And so you have something like Monero, Zcash, that those are kind of the big boys. Uh, and then you have smaller projects, um, one of them which I like, which is Zcoin. Uh, and, and so so you, you, yeah, you figure out which, which are the sectors that you kind of like and, and, and which ones you think that are still undervalued. And then you kind of just focus on doing as much research in these assets as you can. And, and so like, as you're doing research in the sector and in the privacy, you figure out, okay, so Monero is a big boy and this is the technology that he has, you know, exactly how does it work that anonymous, how anonymous is it actually anonymous? Because a lot of these projects say they're anonymous, but they're not actually anonymous. And so it's, it's, that's where you start separating the, the, the signal from the noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why research is so crucial. And, and so, now you let's say you did five ass five privacy cryptocurrencies so after five or after two or three you should already know which ones are going to stick around Mm -hmm. um at least for for the next you know couple of years and 
And then, it, you know, obviously, if your hypothesis is that the privacy sector is going to start doing very well in the next few months, then you start looking at, okay, which asset is probably going to gain the most if my hypothesis is right mm-hmm. and why? You know, you, you figure out the narratives. You figure out, okay, um, these the development team is focusing heavily on Asia or they're focusing heavily on North America. And kind of this is the narrative that I think they're going to start to play. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what happens is as the prices start going up or as, as they... Um, as they look like they're going up, people start creating these stories of, of why. So like Bitcoin, why is Bitcoin going up? And so people say, you know, store of value, um, um, gold, then, you know, f- uh, digital gold. And so these are the narratives that you need to understand mm-hmm. for the asset that you're investing in to figure out exactly how it's going to work and if it's going to be a good narrative. Yeah. Um, and, and this goes back to kind of the whole human psychology is understanding how these tribes tell these stories. Humans to, love narratives. Oh, and to convince themselves of the price. So like mm-hmm. you see something like, I mean, a- any of these assets that are high up, you talk to anyone that is 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 fully in line with the narrative and, and it's a narrative. That's what it is. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's why we, we do so well in, in society and all that because it's just, we're telling ourselves stories that we all kind of believe and that goes with the dollar yeah you know the fiat exactly. it's it's just a narrative it's the narrative that the dollar is backed by um you know the the u.s government the military um and that, you know, it's just paper but um the narrative the narrative is what is what works and that's why i'm a maximalist because i think the the founder narrative of satoshi is going to win out in the long term humans yeah. humans love religion they love mystery and i think the satoshi narrative is gonna is gonna went out in the long run and and bitcoin has the strongest tribe yeah out of all of them i mean yeah. by far yeah definitely um and again going back to the to the fundamental at like a at a tech at an engineering level like i think it's the safest blockchain i mean it's got what i would consider the smartest people in the space if you do research on the cypherpunks and the technologies they built leading up to bitcoin and what the core developers were working on before Bitcoin, like, you know, these people are worth their metal. They're fucking, they know their shit to an extent. They know, I mean, and again, this is the narrative I, I, I believe in. It's, it comes down to belief at the end of the day. I believe that the narrative of slow and steady security over, over everything is, mm-hmm. is the right narrative to follow. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, and, and the narrative that you're saying is a narrative that, a, that has worked and has put Bitcoin where it is right now. Yeah. And, and so the, the key to these investments and, and figuring out uh, where they're going to be in a year or two from now is, is seeing the price right now and seeing if that narrative is strong enough to not only keep the price, mm-hmm. but also continue to increase it in, in the next two to three years. Because I think, so with, with most of these assets, you could buy it at this level and let's say we do see a crash and it, you know, it all goes down. But if if so, let's say big Bitcoin, what is it at right now? Fifth, uh, it's at twelve twelve seven. Okay, so uh, let's say thirteen thousand. Um, let's say it, let's say we see a crash tomorrow and, and it goes all the way down to let's say six thousand or five thousand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously it, it matters because short term you're you you lost a ton of money paper wise. <laughs> but like if you know that in two to three years it's gonna be worth fifty thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars, like why are you worrying? Obviously yeah. you, you you messed up in the sense that you could have bought even lower. But if you know the if you know the true value, at least in the sense of the next two to three years, because it's very difficult to figure out even longer, but if you know that this industry is gonna stick around and that 
you're very, very confident in, in the development and the future of, of the specific asset, then there's no reason to worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the problem with most people is that they don't do the research and they don't have strong convictions in these projects. So if it does go down 50% or or whatever it is, they, they freak out and they sell at a loss. The weekends, mm-hmm. SFYL. And, and, and there was, I mean, it's just, it's crazy the impatience that <laughs> a lot of these people have. It's like they want to make 100% gain tomorrow not realizing that if you just wait a year or two, you're going to make, you know, 10 X. <laughs> exactly. And, and so like, it's like the more patient you are and the more you understand these assets, the more likely you're going to make even, even higher gains. And, and so like you see all these people trying to trade daily or, or weekly or monthly. And it's like, you know, you could have just bought really good projects back in January mm-hmm. and done extremely extremely well and done nothing yeah. for the whole i mean that's literally what i do I, <laughs> I i research these assets i invest heavily and i just sit on my ass i mean I, you know it's i mean it's pretty crazy how how it works but that's when you have kind of the long-term mentality in the sense that i don't have to wake up every day and try to trade to you know make money mm-hmm. it's about putting in the effort in these assets and and kind of focusing on the long-term gain yeah uh, and and the the profits just you know they, they pile up and that's like the whole the whole Warren Buffett mentality. Just understand what you're investing in, have some conviction, and sit sit on your ass. Like, mm-hmm. like, and sitting on your ass is the hardest part. Which is, <laughs> which, you know, every, everyone says, "Oh, that's that's easy," but no, it's it's not easy because, you know, through you know this this last, if you look at this last year, I mean, there were many drops. Like, I mean, I just, yeah, there were seven thirty percent drops last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, well, like that. that's that's why I love Twitter because everything is there, even if you delete it. Mm-hmm. It's in my head. Yeah. And so, like, you see a lot of these uh, Twitter accounts that sold at $1,000, you know, mm-hmm. sold at $2,000, $3,000, and it just keeps going up. And every drop, a ton of people are selling or, or they're, they're very bare and they think it's going to go lower and lower. And and that's why um, – and, and so it's it's being able to sit on your ass and know that the asset's still going to go up or, or that even if it does go down, that the asset's still undervalued. And um, – but yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy to sit on your ass, and 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 I think that's some that's why you have to build these skills and also have the strategy and the know-how and the research to be able to kind of weather those events out. Yeah, and with all that being said, though, my favorite sector of crypto Twitter is trading crypto Twitter. There's a bunch of DGen Anon accounts that are fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's it's crypto trading Twitter is one of the funniest Twitters out there. Oh yeah, it's great. It's a bunch of DGens. Um, some of them are doing really well, very well. I mean, some of them are good traders, and that's mm-hmm. one thing. I'm yeah. not a good trader, um, but I'm happy for those that are and are crushing it and entertaining us on Twitter. Crypto Cobain, shout out Crypto Cobain. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> well, and, and you know, they. it's funny because uh, it's, it's like that quote. I mean, it's not a quote, but it's like a saying. It's like, you know, everyone in crypto Twitter is doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the funny, and the thing is that there, it's not. No, no. Uh, Deep down inside, some of these people are like, "Fuck." Yeah, I mean, because well, it's not, it's not easy. No. I mean, it's 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 a very difficult market, and and you have to really have a strategy down and understand the market well enough to do to do well because it's not it's not easy at all. Um, obviously, if you're going to look back and you know when you have kids in in ten years or whatnot, and you start talking to your kids about crypto, they're going to be like. How did you not make? How did you not become a billionaire? It was so easy to become a billionaire. <laughs> but then, and and so like you look at these graphs, and obviously you look at something like Bitcoin, it just keeps going up. And and it's like, obviously, if you bought in January, like you're up. Mm-hmm. But 
if you really start looking at the details and like you focus in on the specific candles and and the specific price movements, it's very very difficult. Yeah, you get lost um, in the sauce. You're easily easily swayed to to make rash decisions. Very very difficult, and and it's such a new market that you don't know where it's heading. And so one of these drops could actually be going down. <laughs> yeah, it could be the last drop with with yeah. no with no recovery. It's possible. Yeah, so know that possibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, crypto Twitter is funny because you know it's it's a lot of people that everyone's trying to be right. Mm-hmm. Um and guilty. Yeah, and well, I mean, yeah, we're yeah we're all trying to be right, and <laughs> and, and obviously, um, you're putting your neck out there every time you talk about an asset and and talk about where you think it's going to go and. Um, and, and I think that's the beauty of crypto Twitter is that, you know, obviously you're going to be wrong. Uh, but if you really put in the work, you could build a reputation where people actually listen to what you say. Mm-hmm. No, and I think you've done a very good job of that. Uh, and just by taking the approach that you've been describing, uh, in the last hour, uh, and that's why I wanted to bring you in is cause like, I think the, the process of understanding feelings and sort of understanding what you're investing in and, and being able to to wrangle your emotions is is very important to to realize like like you we live in a society that loves instant gratification and people need to learn the art of patience and Mm -hmm. and and you like you said like you can do better in the long term if you just understand have some patience and have some conviction to an extent and that's why i i talk so you know i don't do um a lot of signals or kind of you know, obviously, from time to time, I do talk about specific assets and where I think they're going because I think that is important to let people know one that you know what you're talking about, and two that you actually provide some, some, some help in in figuring out the market, whether I'm right or wrong. Obviously, uh, but I think the most important thing is 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 helping people understand kind of my own journey mm-hmm. uh, because really I, I tweet for myself. Um, yeah. So everything that I talk about and all of these kind of um, you know, lists of things to do and, and emotions and all that. That's all really talking about myself, but I put it out there because I know that it's going to be a value to someone else. And, mm-hmm. and that's really what's most important. It's it's building the skills um, and, and also helping people along the way. And, uh, and I think we're going to be seeing more of that where people really... Because it's it's kind of like you know teach a man to fish and he can mm-hmm. he can eat for a lifetime or whatever mm-hmm. and I think that's what's most important about the game is that it doesn't matter which assets go up today or tomorrow what really matters is are you building that foundation where you mm-hmm. can be able to not only survive but also thrive in in a market like this which is going to be around for decades and, and even longer yeah possibly centuries to millennia mm-hmm. um, which is crazy to think that we're at the the very beginning stage of this stuff it's said it before i'll say it again it's such a fucking crazy time to be alive and oh um, yeah i mean it's just (laughs) and 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 that's what's crazy it's like it's not even just crypto like you look at what's happening in the world and you're like this is insane like we're literally (laughs) like and i was talking to my family about this i was like like can you imagine that when we were born like technology was barely being used i remember when we fucking got caller id for the first time we thought that was insane dial up <laughs> like we, we would literally use the computer and like you wouldn't be able to use your phone i remember that i've have this weird vivid memory of living in northeast philly in a row home and for some reason uh we got i remember getting calling id caller id in our house and being amazed like we can see who's fucking calling us like holy shit you know who not to answer to like exactly as a six-year-old for some reason i always associate that with the uh the emergence of cinnamon mini egos as well for some reason Uh, (laughs) those egos everyone ate those egos (laughs) i associate the the cinnamon egos with caller id (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's those, it's those funny associations where you're like, how how in the hell did those associations come out? But they Ex- just do. Yeah, exactly. No. You know, it was probably one day you were eating breakfast, Eggos, and then like the caller ID came up and you just were like, like, nope, not, not this girl. <laughs> Aunt Lisa, we're not talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But yeah, just like, so that was probably what, 1997, 1998 around there? No, probably even earlier, probably like 90, 95, 96. Mm-hmm. I was really young, but. It's crazy. Like now, I have a fucking supercomputer in my hand. Uh, about to send uh, this recording from a MacBook to to my Gmail account, and we're gonna download it and fucking post it on iTunes. None of which existed when when I was five or six. And and you can't imagine life without everything that you have right now. No. And the thing was that a few years ago, you know, ten ten plus years ago. There was there was life without, it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and now you're like how like like so like you know uh, maps you know Google Maps and all that like how the I, fuck I, do people get around? Yeah, I mean, do, <laughs> did you really walk around with maps? Like, are, I, you, are I, you kidding me? I actually I, I remember my parents would have books of just like written down directions that they would have yeah. like how do we get here and they like literally map quest all you know I mean map I mean map quest, map yeah, quest. Exactly. like it's like oh, we don't know how fucking fortunate we are like. And, and, and people, you know, especially the older people, but it's funny because, so the older people always say like, oh, you know, young kids, like you, you don't, you're not thinking and, and, you know, you, you know, and with using maps, you actually use your brain and whatnot. And, and then now you see them all on Facebook and, you know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> oh, they're all... it's, it's funny how, uh, the, how the older people obviously, uh, I mean, they're doing everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. In the sense of we, you know, we first got onto Facebook, and then now because everyone, all the older people are moving to Facebook, we're moving away from there into Snapchat and mm-hmm. and all these other sites. Um, and so, like, I, I mean, I see my parents all the time, and and they, uh, whenever they're on their phone, which is like all the time, I'm like, this is just, it's so weird how like these adults that are supposed to be adults are literally <laughs> acting like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get let's get into that. Love. Like, it's. It's inevitable to a sense because you have so much information on these fucking phones. Like you, like it's, it's impossible not to be enthralled with them. It's like I can learn literally anything just by sitting here, or you could waste your time playing like Candy Crush or like looking at Instagram models. But the opportunity is there to learn whatever the fuck you want, and that's for some people it's enthralling and and consuming. Oh, it's. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's just it's beautiful that. I mean, we're we're living like kings in every sense of the word. Um, now, you know, obviously, if you live in a shitty apartment or whatnot, you're still living like a king in the sense that you have a connection to any knowledge that you want. I mean, the the you know people, rich people back in like when the thirteen colonies was around, and even when America was really founded and it was around, like all these rich people would pay a ton of money to have books shipped from England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was a luxury to actually have books that you could read and even reading was very scarce you know not many people did that and and now you have any book that you want for free or or you know just for a couple of dollars i mean it's just it's insane how much knowledge we we can possess and and i think that's where the importance of building those skills of of <laughs> self improvement and 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 reading and you know whatever it is that your strengths are um, they're out there in the internet, mm-hmm. and and you can learn them on on YouTube, Google, wh- whatever it is. But it's out there, and that's that's the beautiful part is that we are and and Naval talks a lot about this meritocracy where mm-hmm. where we're moving into a society where it doesn't matter, you know, if you graduated from Princeton or it doesn't matter if you you know if your parents are wealthy or not. All that matters is you know do you have the drive to do and to accomplish what you want because everything's mm-hmm. out there. 
Exactly. That's, um, and that's what, like, I've, I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, it hasn't hit people in earnest yet that, that it is out there and you can literally bootstrap yourself for virtually free right now. Like, if you can go to the library, get access to the internet, you can start. I started my newsletter on MailChimp with a free subscription and grew a, a following, small, humble following, but a following nonetheless. And it was free. I just yeah. I started it in my apartment. If people knew how many how many of the first newsletters I wrote in my underwear, they'd be a little <laughs> they'd be a little surprised. But like you can literally if you have the drive, like you said, you can you can make something of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible, like that that this opportunity has not existed for all of humanity ever. I mean, it's not I mean and it hasn't in all of humanity yet. There's still millions to billions of people that need access to the internet, but it's coming. It'll get there, I, mm-hmm. I believe. But um, and, and also it's having, like what you said, the deferred gratification and, and mm-hmm. like, like you building your email list, uh, it's, you know, it's very difficult to build a following. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you keep going at it and you're determined to do it and you keep pumping out value. And, and in the beginning, it's very, very slow. And, mm-hmm. but you're going to hit a stage where, where it just runs. Yeah. And then that's, and that's what, I think that's what most people have a difficulty with is, is keeping on track. Because yeah. they get very excited in the beginning. Yes, I'm going to build this into, you know, I'm going to be the next, you know, Philly D or, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to be the next, you know, Oprah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't realize that the first few years are going to be shit. Yeah. No, that's one thing with the newsletter specifically. Um, I just tell myself I got to show up every day. I just got to write every day. And that's, and it'll, and has led to stuff. And mm-hmm. just by showing up and actually putting an effort towards it, like, and holding myself to it is has paid dividends and it's only been six seven months so just showing up and and having that drive and and again i'm innately curious about bitcoin and blockchain i love writing about it and it's mm-hmm. it's i'm very happy i've gotten to a point where i can i write about something i love and people actually like it and are, and want to read it so that's been a humbling and very very awesome experience over the last seven months and like you said it's going to take time like you mm-hmm. have to realize like i started out with 15 subscribers that were family and friends and mm-hmm. i was under 100 probably for the first month and then you get three months in i'm at like 500 i'm like oh this is cool and then you get tweeted by like ryan selkis or santiago syrian and it jumps to a thousand it's like holy shit like what the <laughs> hell is going on why are you people reading my shit and um but yeah it's it's a, it's a process show up my mentality with with what I'm doing is show up every day and and love the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is great at this. I would recommend people look at him uh, because he's like, I like the grind. I like mm-hmm. the dirt, the the hustle, the failures, all that, because that's really what builds you up into a, a, into an individual and gives you the skills and the experience to know what you did well and what you didn't do well and how you can change it. And, and, and people are just, they're very afraid to, to mess up, but they're, and so they don't even try because they're afraid to mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the one thing that like once you get over that hump where it's like I don't fucking care. Like I've said some dumb shit, I've written some dumb shit, but like get your reps in. Like Gary says, get your reps in. Reps mm-hmm. are are key. And uh, also, we're we're all so young. I mean, you know, it's like you look at. I like to read a lot of the biographies of the the great people. You know, all these titans and all that. And the majority of them, you know, they did really. They started doing very well. In, in their 40s, in their 50s, I mean, mm-hmm. 60s. You know, I mean, you have someone like Warren Buffett still running uh, his... Berkshire, you know, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, and, and he's like, I don't know, 70s, 80s? Yeah, he's um, up there. And so and so people just, they get very impatient and they think that, you know, in your 20s you have to, 
be this this person that you saw in some Hollywood film when really it's it's your 20s and and even later like you just keep putting in the effort focus on building skills uh be patient uh because it's going to come to you mm-hmm. um exactly and, and and that's something that i love about gary is that he he tells people how to play the game and um people just don't really know how to play the game but you know the game is is whatever you make it mm-hmm. um and just don't get impatient and, and also i think this goes back to the whole so i i have a i have a ba- a beef with uh with college i i, I <laughs> i've I, I really didn't. I mean, I enjoyed socially my experience at UConn, but I um, pretty quickly I realized that it wasn't what I wanted. Um, and and the main thing was that it just wasn't. It's the education system is not set up in a way to reflect what's currently happening in society. In the mm-hmm. sense of every individual learns differently, and every individual has different interests and what's cur- like curious for them. So like something for me like math. You know, if I'm not interested in it, why do I need to learn about math or Obviously, you as an individual should be well-rounded and understand all these types of subjects, but the way that it's being taught is just horrible. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the factory mentality behind it is, I, I mean, I fucking hated school. I was your average. I would fucking coast it through college with a 3.0. Like, mm-hmm. didn't even try. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't try, but like, I, I wasn't like as enthralled in the work. Like, I was focusing on Bitcoin when I was in college. Like, yeah, I mean, was, it, I wasn't it, taking classes on Bitcoin. I was... But I was reading about it every day, all day. And college really has just turned now into uh, into a certificate. You know, you it's 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 really a, a, a status signal yeah. to say, oh, I went to college. But you know, right now, first of all, everyone's going to college. So it the and and I think so. What's what's happening now is people think college is like the only way to get ahead in life, and it's mm-hmm. it's not. If anything, I think it actually puts you down in life um, because one, you get out of college especially in the U.S., with a ton of debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people can't pay, can't pay it off. And then in your 20s where you should be building those skills and, and working your ass off, but also you most likely are not going to be making a lot of money. And mm-hmm. so to be to graduate college with you know, 20000 30000 or even more, which is, which is what a lot of people are graduating with, with a ton of debt, you don't have as much choice to just say, you know, fuck it, let's do this business or fuck mm-hmm. it, let's, let me work, you know, uh, getting paid ten dollars an hour, interning for you know a CEO or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. you you don't get these chances to really kind of grow at the level that you should be growing mm-hmm. at. Um, so that's kind of what I really hate about college is is that you know if you if you're looking to the future of of the United States in particular, you know I mean I love the U.S. I am a huge patriot and all <laughs> that, and so how how can we see a good future for 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 our kids if we're one giving them really shitty education because you you see these kids gra- graduating college you know wh- what are your skills like what did yeah, you learn exactly we don't we're not building skills we're just telling people what to memorize just to telling take people tests. to take tests yeah i fucking and, hated tests and so and you graduate with no skills because the system isn't built to give you skills it's built to you know keep you kind of in line and memorize and all this and then and on top of that, you have a ton of debt that you need to pay off that it's increasing, <laughs> you know, yearly because of the interest. Like, like this is not the America that you want to have. No. You want to have an America where uh, people focus on, really, you give people the tools, which is the internet, to learn. And, and you have these kind of internship, apprenticeship type of programs where you, you know, you let's say you want to, you, you know, you want to be an investor. So you should go into companies that already have investors or obviously the 
you know, the whole education system being revamped is going to take a while and, and figure out exactly how it works. But yeah, the, co- the current system is just, I mean, it's horrible. And, and so I, a lot of people ask me if they should go to college and, and really, I mean, for the most part, I tell them, no, you shouldn't. I mean, if so, you know, if I had an opportunity to go back to college or not, I, I wouldn't go. Um, and I mean, obviously I learned a ton, but, um, but it's just, it's not, it's a very, very bad system. And, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because the people that the people that really kind of go into college and, and you know they get their master's and PhD and obviously most people it works out but they do it just I because I wouldn't even say most people. Yeah, well for some, yeah. Yeah. Because you know they they so they jump through all the hoops and then they graduate and they're like what the hell okay so what what's was going that on? For? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why you need to question everything. Yeah. Everything that society tells you about everything because society doesn't have your interest at heart. So you need to, you know, start to think for yourself and also your family. You know, your your family grew up in an era where college was extremely important. Like Mm -hmm. you don't get a job at a company unless you have a college degree. And obviously it's still prevalent now, but like it's, it's losing its influence. And and now what companies care, I mean, the companies that are going to be around and that are going to succeed and do well are companies that really care about the experience and what do you bring to the table? Because Mm -hmm. you, you can go into most of these companies, obviously there's some that, that you couldn't, but most of these companies and, and within it, within a few months, you already know everything that you need to know. You yeah. don't need a, a you know, a, a college course. Um, yeah, no, and that's uh, that's one thing. I was happy to go to college in Chicago. I decided to take night classes my senior year, year and like work during the week, like yeah. during the day. And I learned a, I learned a lot more at work than I did at school. Um, but I was very, I'm very happy to have had that experience and that opportunity. And I think it it has paid off dividends because it's taught me like you've got to create the skills yourself so i worked at a head or a quasi hedge fund i worked for a managed futures fund out of school like during school and then after school for a year and i understand like i love learning about finance markets future markets in particular um but i just had a fucking like thirst and hunger to learn more so i decided i wanted to learn about apps and ux and the psychology behind apps and why people use them and how to design experiences so i quit and did a design boot camp to learn about that and mm-hmm. i was like all right I learned about the design side. Now, how the fuck are these apps made on the back end? How do you code them? So I went to go work for a software company and learned uh, about that. And then at the same time, still diving down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And I was like, all right, how do I bring this all together? And right now, my like, I'm, I'm not a good coder. I have I can code, but I'm not like a great developer at all by any means. But um, I think I understand code and sort of how the psychology behind these apps, like the the full product process from designing an experience to to coding it on the back end is important to know. And so now I'm just trying to figure out how to put that all together with Bitcoin and how Mm -hmm. I can help people there. And what I decided was most needed in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general at this juncture of the market is education. That's what I'm doing with the the podcast and, and the newsletter. And hopefully I'll iterate on that with the product. Mm-hmm. So just trying to figure that out. Um, it's fun. It's fun. And like you said, you got to have patience. Like it's not going to come to you all at once. Like you got to go through the experiences. You have to have experience to an extent. And, and you never know when you working at that fund or, you know, doing this or that is actually going, I mean, it's all going to come together, which is the beautiful mm-hmm. part of, of kind of the puzzle of life where, you have all these pieces and you don't know like what what the hell am I going to do with all these pieces and then you find the, an opportunity where you're like damn like everything has led up to this <laughs> moment and like everything that you thought was just irre- irrelevant just just fits perfectly mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's just that just comes with you know following your curiosity and 
and not really worrying too much about kind of where the journey leads because mm-hmm. it's going to lead somewhere as long as you follow your curiosity and, mm-hmm. and build those skills because it's you know that that's i mean that's a beautiful part of life is is you don't know where it goes but um once you end up there you're like how did i end up here but i love it yeah um, yeah how did i end up at barstool sports that's what i want to know I, if you were to tell me three years ago i'd be working at barstool sports i would have told you to go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's a beautiful part of life. You just don't know where you're gonna end up. Yeah, no, it's a it's a beautiful journey. Um, and with that, I think this might be a perfect endpoint for a conversation. Great. Well, I appreciate it. You it, know, and it was and it was always uh, it was a fun time. It was. Yeah, no, it was a very. That's like I said, uh, just tales from the crypt. I want to hear the tales, the story behind the people that I'm seeing on Twitter. And your story is very fascinating. And your pro, your how you got to the point you are right now. Um, I was very, very thankful that you came to tell your story. Thank um, you. Well, I appreciate it. Where can we learn more about you? Well, uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Crypto De Medici. Uh, it's Crypto De Medici. Uh, that's where I talk a lot about the markets and, and crypto in general. Um, that's probably the best place to reach me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not following Crypto De Medici yet, uh, get on it because you're missing out. Um, and yeah, follow Marty Bent. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you like it. Please share it with anybody that's looking to learn um, about Bitcoin or crypto in general. Um, tell people about the newsletter. Subscribe to the newsletter. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week, freaks. Peace and love. Yeah. Woo! That was fun. Yeah, that was great.